Hey, uh, actually, I'm going to skip ahead to something I was going to say in a couple minutes anyway. It is possible to be in this room together, and it is possible for you at home to be enjoying this via live stream because so many people work so hard. So could we thank staff and volunteers? I appreciate that. I, I am so thankful for so many people that work really hard, and even with a couple of things we're adjusting to this morning, it has taken a lot to switch our technology over to the ability to live stream so that you can be at home and worshiping with us. Welcome, good to see you at home. And, uh, and then of course, lots of preparation to get it so that we could all be uh, here safely together in this room too. So super thankful for many, many people. Um, but as I said, it's good to be able to stand up here and look around and see faces. And, uh, and, and uh, by God's grace, we have been able to look into the camera and teach God's word and be with our church family that way as well. Uh, but so good to look around and see eyes. Everybody smile with your eyes, right? Because we're learning to read. We're learning to read faces that way now, aren't we? A little more than we don't get to depend on seeing mouths smile. But uh, good to see all of you. Uh, Jake and Ed already um, did a good job of talking about kind of the mixture of, of, of feelings that this, this morning is. We're, it is a milestone, and we want to celebrate and be thankful for God allowing things to move forward and to be gathered together, and yet recognizing that we miss all of you at home, and, and we're also sad for uh, all that we continue to go through and wrestle with in the difficulties of life and the things that are swirling around you, uh, around us. Uh, it, is, it is a joy for me to look around because I just want you to know that Amy and I, my wife Amy and I, have missed our church family. It is hard not to gather together. And I want you to know that your, the staff and the elders have missed you and are praying for you and are working diligently for the future of our church family, that, that this would continue to be a place where you are loved and, and where we glorify Jesus and where, um, where, where God is, is known as, as bigger than all of this. And so um, continue to pray for us, but know that you are prayed for and loved, and, and uh, it is good to be together again. Um, so we did some thanks for, uh, for some of our many people that work hard. Another kind of silly but fun thing I hope you'll humor me with is, oh, never mind. I was going to take a picture, but I left my phone in my office. <laughs> I, I want to remember this. This is good. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll do that another week. Um, but, but gathering together in these circumstances do give us a chance to reflect on how we got here. Why are we sitting six feet apart? And why are we wearing masks? And, and perhaps this is a little bit the obvious, but, but jump in with me here on on what, what, what the background is and why we find ourselves in this situation, a chance to reflect on our circumstances, all that's going on in our world, our culture, our lives. Pre-COVID life is difficult, isn't it? If you can think back six months, there was probably already difficult things about life, ups and downs, shoots and ladders in life. And then COVID has added some layers of stress on top, health fears, Isolation from isolation, feelings of isolation from being uh, in quarantine, our country struggling with racial tension, so much political division, uh, economic fallout, uh, not gathering together here, as we already acknowledged, is, is, is another layer of, of stress and difficulty on lives that, that, that uh, need that and want that. 
marriage is strained, perhaps. Parenting even more difficult than it already is. Um, draining things that you're, that you're going through. And uh, challenges and hardship and pain. And I know I'm missing some, right? Some are coming to your mind about what makes this season particularly difficult. Um, un, something we're not used to at all. Pastor Derek, I'm sure glad I came to church. Thanks for starting with that uplifting recap. In some ways, I shouldn't joke about what we're going through. And in other ways, it's kind of a a, a laugh so we don't cry situation sometimes, isn't it? Well, the reason I started us there is is because Grant read to us from Hebrews chapter 11, and I want us to identify a little bit with the intensity of difficulties that Moses dealt with in his life and how God called him to deal with it. So um, I hope we got your Bible still open on your lap or open up your Bible app on your phone. Get back into Hebrews chapter 11, starting at verse 23 with me. Um, I will apologize in advance today. There is nothing going to be on the screen, and that's my fault. Um, As we prepared this week, I did not uh, do what's needed to get some references and, and, and phrases and scriptures on the screen like we sometimes do. So open your Bible to Hebrews 11, follow along with me, and, uh, and you have to listen even more carefully than you usually do. <laughs> we were already reminded in this passage this morning of what Moses's life included. He could have been murdered as a baby. He endured disgrace. Pharaoh was seeking to kill him. The last of the 10 plagues that God used to free Israel uh, was a a, a plague of of destruction of death to all the firstborns across the land. These were things that Moses and God's people were enduring and were faced with and were struggling and looking at and figuring, what do we do? And what is God up to? And God's people were then pursued by the Egyptian army into the desert, and it seemed they were cornered between the Egyptian army and the Red Sea. Feel the intensity of that for a moment and let the question marks raise in your mind, the question marks that we are having in our, in our own minds, in our own 2020 culture and what's up, what we're up against and what we're facing and we're not sure where God is sometimes. This is what Moses and God's people were enduring. And so as we've studied through Hebrews 11, we've called this series By Faith. And it won't be any more obvious than today why we called this series By Faith. Because five times in these short verses, the the verse starts with By Faith. Indicating that each of these things that Moses and his God's people went through They went through by faith five times. We're going to see that in the passage today. So join with me at at verse 23. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful. (laughs) I got to pause there for a second. That might strike us as funny at first. Okay, wait, wait. They they hid the child because they thought the child was beautiful. What's the, is that the reason? And don't all children think their, their kids are beautiful? Yes? We'll, we'll, we'll say it in a moment. So he was hidden for months by his parents because they saw the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. The edict was that firstborn males would be thrown into the Nile. And we do not have time this morning to read all of the book of Exodus in your Bible 
to get the background for, th- for this brief passage in Hebrews. But I would encourage you, if you have time as a family, uh, take time later, look up Exodus 2 and following, really all the book of Exodus, and get these stories in more detail that we're kind of whipping through today quickly. But the edict was for the firstborn males to be thrown into the, the Nile. And in the face of that, really, this first by faith statement is not about Moses. It's about his parents, right? His parents walk with God. Moses' parents were so close with God that they recognized something extraordinary about their child. God gave them insight to see the unseen and recognize that there was something about their child that God had plans. And so their their faith, their God confidence resulted in action, action of courageously hiding Moses from this death threat. And then not only that, but then creatively coming up with a plan to get Moses into the royal family for protection, right? So these are actions of faithful parents. Moses' life was preserved by his parents' heroic faith. And then not only that, But God prepared Moses and raised Moses through this extraordinary faith of his parents. This this is how Moses was formed, is by parents who loved and obeyed God and who trusted him in the face of anything. And so we parents and grandparents have this opportunity, don't we? We parents and grandparents have a tremendous opportunity and responsibility to the children in our lives to raise them to love God and serve him. Look with me at verse 24. Here's by faith number two. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. So he had been raised as an Egyptian, as if he was in kind of the royal family. And yet he refused to be called Pharaoh's, the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Choosing rather, verse 25 says, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. See, Moses could have got sucked into his his royal identity and thinking that that made him important and thinking that that his wealth and his privilege is what really his character was driven from and what his identity was all about. But he was mature enough and God was working in Moses' life such that even at the risk of insulting Pharaoh, he, he chose to identify instead to follow God's path, to instead identify with God's people. Because I think Moses knew that God had plans for his people. I think God was giving Moses an insight that, that God had plans to work through the people, God's people Israel in amazing ways in world history. And Moses chose to be part of that. And it, that reminds me of an opportunity we have, church family, Followers of Jesus, we have the opportunity too to recognize that, that, that we are separate from the, the world around us and the culture around us and the direction of things and the, and the godlessness and the going people's own way and the only thinking, self, thinking and living selfishly. Like Moses chose again away from privilege and to a persecuted people we have an opportunity to recognize that we too, instead of following the ways of the world, can recognize that God is working through his people, the church, and be part of that instead. Be part of what he is doing in that way instead. So how did Moses do this? 
How is Moses able to turn away from the Egyptians and that privilege and wealth and instead choose to be mistreated with God's people? Well, let's keep going. Verse 26, I think, gives us a tremendous insight into what allowed Moses to make this choice. Verse 26, he considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for Moses was looking to the reward this is amazing. I mean, here we have an Old Testament person, someone living before the time of Christ. But here in Hebrews, the, the author t- tells us that Moses considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt. In, in, in identifying himself with God's people Israel, Moses identified himself with the coming promised rescuer, Jesus, and would rather live for Jesus than enjoy the, the wealth and the privileges and the sinful pleasures of, of worldly life. And it says that Moses could do that because he was looking to the reward. This is the first thing that we're going to, this is the first thing I really want us to think about is what we can apply to our own lives. In the question marks we face and in the swirling uncertainty of our lives and in the painful wonderings that we have going on because of what we face right now, The first thing we can, I think, gather from this passage is this idea of remembering to look for the reward. Hebrews, this language should make us remember where we started back at the beginning of chapter 11. Look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, looking forward to the reward looking forward to good things to come, knowing that this is not all there is, that God will set all things right, that, he, that, that not only are we in relationship with him, but our sins will be wiped away and we will be in relationship with him, looking forward to things hoped for, looking forward to the reward, getting through the difficulties and the questions of this life because of what we know is true about God and his future for us. Moses was looking to the reward, and we've been talking in this series about the fact that faith is is a confidence in God that results in action. Would God be growing in each of us, church family, followers of Jesus, would God be growing in us a faith such that, a God confidence, such that it would change the way we live, that our actions and our words would be reflected because, would, would be impacted by the fact that we are living for him. That we have a, a trust, a, a God confidence that becomes a de- that is a trust, a dependence on God because we know He is who He says He is, and that He'll do what He says He will do. The Bible says in Romans eight eighteen. This is where I would put it on the screen if I could, but I failed you. So listen carefully. Romans eight eighteen says, "For I consider not the sufferings of this present time." Um, I, sorry, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us. Looking forward, looking to the reward. And thinking of looking to the reward, I want to read you this quick paragraph from, uh, as I studied this week, and, and there's an author and commentator named Kent Hughes who wrote this. And I think this is really just so helpful as we think about in our lives today, what does it look like to look forward to the reward? I know what would produce such faith in each one of us. 60 seconds in heaven. 15 seconds to view the face of, and he's talking about right now, not, not at the end of your life. He's, he's saying, you know what would produce faith in each one of us? 
60 seconds in heaven, 15 seconds to view the face of Christ, 15 seconds to survey the angelic host, 15 seconds to glimpse heaven's architecture, and 15 seconds to behold the face of a loved one now glorified. That is all it would take. But God is not going to do any of that, do that for any of us. I could pray until I was blue in the face, and I wouldn't get a second in heaven until eternity. But I know what else would do it. I know what else would produce such a faith in us. And that is simply what Moses did, believing God's word. And we can do that now. If we are having trouble believing, we ought to read these passages carefully and then ask God for the capability to believe and then believe. By faith, number three, verse 27. By faith, Moses left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king. So this is where Moses flees Egypt uh, with, the, with Pharaoh seeking to kill him. And he ends up in Midian for 40 years, away from all that is familiar to him. He's, he's, he's in Midian for 40 years. And, and we read verse 27, that he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for as he endured, or for he endured as seeing, here's our, our second key phrase, he endured as seeing him who is invisible. So the first thing I'm asking you to think about today for your own lives was that one a couple minutes ago was look to the reward. And the second key thing that we can take from our passage about Moses this morning is this idea of seeing him who is invisible. And that reminds me of Hebrews 11.1 1 again, back to where we started at the beginning of this chapter, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, and that verse continues, the conviction of things not seen. I don't know, I mean, I don't know what comes to mind when you think, okay, I'm supposed to see the invisible. For me, it's like, okay, am I talking about superheroes here? Am I talking about, you know, is this my superpower? Is some kind of supervision or x-ray vision? Or how am I going to... You know what Kent Hughes suggests? Kent Hughes suggests that seeing him who is invisible is not some extraordinary power, not some superhero power. This commentator suggests that seeing him who is invisible is actually normal, ordinary Christianity. That, that knowing and following God, that in the, in the normal, ordinary people, followers of Jesus, you and I, as we go about following God, that seeing him who is invisible is, is, is to be normal. Christianity, following Jesus, is, is supernatural. And so therefore, living for Jesus is supernatural. We can ask God this morning, to, to, and I know that he will help us, to have eyes to see and ears to hear. Not to just go through our, our emotions, not to just keep living our lives, not to just keep thinking of ourselves, not to just keep worrying and stressing. Not that those things are bad, let's take them to God. But instead, we can ask God to give us ears to hear and eyes to see him who is invisible and his work in our lives. I think of 2 Corinthians 4, it says this, so we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away. I'm feeling some of that these days. I'm feeling some of that. 
I don't know how your lives are right now. I don't know which of the question marks and COVID-related stress and economic stress and political stress and church difficulties that we're experiencing. There's painful difficulties in life. And God's word here says, though my outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. And look how, look how 2 Corinthians 4.17 refers to the difficulties of our lives. For this light, momentary affliction. It doesn't feel like light, momentary affliction sometimes, does it? But in the scope of eternity and in the work of God, Paul can write here in, in, in 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry, I think I said 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 4, 17, for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, here's our, not our superpower, but our, our following Jesus ability to look to the things that are, un, not to look to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient and changing and, and, and not permanent, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So church family, in the midst of our circumstances, are we watching for, listen, listen to this question. In the circumstances you find yourself in, are we, are we watching for, are we in, aware of the invisible hand of God at work in everything? In the stuff we like, but also in the stuff we dislike, in the stuff that's easy, and in the stuff that's difficult, are we aware of, are we watching for the invisible hand of God holding us, guiding us, working in us for our good and his glory? Now we come to verse 28. And as God worked to set his people free from slavery in Egypt, he worked to set them free using 10 plagues. And again, this is just a tremendous tremendous part of biblical history that if you're not familiar, I encourage you to read in Exodus. But as God set his people free, he worked through 10 plagues, and the last of those plagues was the coming death of all firstborns in the land. But God made a way for his people to be protected from that, rescued from that coming plague of death. And so that's what the context of verse 28 is. Here's by faith number four. By faith, Moses kept the Passover and he did what God uh, ordered, commanded them to do. He and God's people sprinkled the blood of the lamb over the doorposts so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. See, Moses and the rest of God's people here had faith, had a God confidence, so much so that they followed God's command to the letter. He said, you know what's going to happen? Something really awful but I have a plan for you. I want to rescue you. If you'll listen to me and follow me and obey me and trust me. And Moses and his people sacrificed the lamb, and took the blood and painted the doorpost with it. They followed God's commands. And in doing so, they were saved. They were rescued. By faith, number five, verse 29. By faith... The people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land. 
We gotta pause for a second. Uh, if you know the story, I think that seems a little generous. <laughs> the, if we know how the people responded in the situation with the Egyptian army pounding on their heels and them backed up against the Red Sea, they did not just first jump to faith and run into the sea. If we, go, if we were to go to Exodus, we would be reminded that the people, what the people did in the face of this disaster was yelled at Moses for bringing them out of Egypt and bringing them out into the desert to die. What did you do? Why are we out here? Why did we follow you out here? We had it good with the Egyptians. We should have just stayed in slavery. And now here comes the Egyptian army and we're stuck with the Red Sea behind us. And Moses said, fear not, stand firm and you will see the salvation of the Lord. So if we read in verse 29, the people did cross the Red Sea as if they were on dry land. God opened the waters, opened a way that seemed impossible and brought his people safely through. But the Egyptians, verse 29 says, when they attempted to do the same, they were drowned. When, when the people were backed up against the Red Sea and did not see a way, Moses, talk about seeing him who is invisible. Can you imagine having faith such that Moses could see him who is invisible. He was aware of the invisible hand of God that was with them and ready to deliver them. So Moses' faith led to the deliverance of God's people. I pray that God would give you and I, our church family, faith such that would lift others up. Moses' faith right there at the Red Sea lifted up God's people, brought God's people to salvation. What if you and I, as God is working in our lives, what if our faith is increasing? What if that God confidence is such that it results in action, that it results in faithful lives of words and actions to his glory? What if like Moses lifted up God's people, what if we ask God through faith church, through us individually and together to lift up our families our friends, our church family, and, and, and our whole community for the glory of God. That's what God wants to do as we live our lives by faith. So in our passage today, by faith, whoops, by faith, Moses was preserved from death as an infant. In our passage today, Moses identified with God's people even though it meant enduring suffering. In our passage today, Moses trusted God as he left Egypt and all that was familiar. In our passage today, Moses instituted the Passover and obeyed God's commands and, and brought deliverance to his people. And in our passage today, Moses brought God's people through the Red Sea. So what does all this have to do with you and me? How will God's word to us this morning, whether these are new stories to you, or whether these are stories that you've heard many times, what will God's word say to us today? And, and I'm just reminding you of the two things that I would encourage you to take away this morning. We are to look to the reward, to live lives not, not focused on what is seen and swirling and uncertain around us, but look to what you know to be true about God and what he promises for his people. Life now, rich, full, meaningful, abundant, not perfect, not without difficulty, but life now, rich, meaningful, abundant, and eternal life in the presence of God and enjoying the glory, the glorious reality of heaven, 
the things we read about a few minutes ago. So remember to look to the reward. In, 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 what you, in, the, in the midst of what you face, look to the reward. And the second thing was, live a normal Christian life. You and I are ordinary followers of Jesus, and, and, and an ordinary, normal part of following Jesus is seeing him who is invisible. May he help us to do that. Let's pray. Father God, we do pray that you would help us with those things. We pray that you would help us to believe you. We pray that you would bring us into your word individually in our lives. Would you, would you teach us to open the Bible and look to you and, and study and learn and read? Father, we pray that as we are, are in your word and as you are speaking to us through your word, we pray that you would help us to believe your word, your promises, and that would include that we would believe and look forward to the reward of life eternal and being fully transformed into the image of Christ. And Father, we pray that you would help us to live normal, ordinary Christian lives of seeing the invisible. God, help us to, to watch for and be aware of your invisible hand at work in our lives. Instead of, instead of, um, of, of, of fear, instead of questions, instead of um, false assumptions with what's going on around us and why, would we instead be, be increasingly trained to see him who is invisible? God, would you show us and help us to see where you are at work so that we can be part of what you're doing? Father, we thank you for your love for us through Christ. We thank you for the cross where Jesus died so that we might live. Father, I pray that each day that our faith would grow in you, that our God confidence would grow in you, that, that we would have such a trust and a dependence on Jesus that our lives would show it. Use us as you see fit. Thank you for working in us for our good and your glory. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.